You know, if the blockchain is a city, to me, the city right now is just very hard to see properly. Like some people have really good goggles. They're able to see the fabric of the city. They see the buildings, the restaurants, the museum, the art galleries. Most of the people coming in see absolutely nothing. They'll see numbers. They'll see just complicated technology that they can't relate or understand. To really be able to fully embrace the kind of superpowers that blockchain has, we need to be able to surface what it is properly. To me, there's a big social aspect of that. And, and that's where I kind of see Zapper in the future is like, if we make the blockchain readable to everyone, we're kind of showing that it's a city that people go to and do things. And then at, on top of that, people can build these meaningful social connections, but making it, make it making the blockchain readable is what precedes any type of social product in Web3. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of Fourth Revolution Capital. Podcast guests and 4RC may have positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Hey everyone, welcome to the Edge Podcast. I'm DeFi Dad from Fourth Revolution Capital, and I'm here with my friend and co-host from 4RC Nomadic. Today we're talking with the co-founder of Zapper, Seb Audit. For years, Zapper has been a well-known gateway to DeFi and Web3. Back in 2020, it originally launched as an all-in-one on-chain portfolio tracker, with Zaps for entering and exiting DeFi LPs and farms in just a few clicks. Nowadays, Zapper is best described as a social Web3 explorer, which allows users to follow the blockchain journey of other people in NFTs, DeFi, and DAOs. Zapper is, quote, on a mission to make the blockchain readable and accessible to everyone, which more recently includes new features like their activity feed. In this podcast, we'll talk about how times have changed since the rise of DeFi summer three years ago, and specifically how Seb and Zapper are building for what they believe to be the next generation of decentralized social networks powered by blockchains like Ethereum. But before we do, just a quick word from our sponsors who make the Edge podcast possible. Whether you're a trader, farmer, analyst, or newbie, you can trade smart with KyberSwap, the OG decentralized exchange and aggregator on 13 chains. Swap at the best rates, farm with real yields, set limit orders, use their proprietary trading and AI tools with the best UX in DeFi, securely and permissionlessly. Get better rates, better opportunities, better alpha, and a better trading experience. Trade smart now at kyberswap.com. Welcome to Mantle Network Mainnet. Mantle Network, the flagship product of Mantle Ecosystem, is a high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 network that brings scalability, security, and affordability to the forefront under a modular design. We're constantly growing and expanding. Since the launch of Testnet, Mantle Network has enabled a significant gas fee reduction for L2 transactions by up to 70% by adopting EigenDA technology. We also seamlessly integrated fraud proofs and concluded external audits on the code base. Together with its extensive ecosystem partners and hundreds of thousands of builders and community members, Mantle, powered by its native token, MNT, is committed to enabling the mass adoption of decentralized and token-governed technologies. You can now explore a multitude of projects already deployed on Mantle Network, from gaming to DeFi and beyond calling Web3 entrepreneurs to accelerate their project growth with the Mantle Grants program. The time is now. Join us to be part of the decentralized revolution. 
Hey everyone, my name is Kaido. I'm a co-founder at Utopia Labs, and today we're really, really excited to be announcing and launching a feature called USDC Bank Transfers. We're basically allowing for any company based anywhere in the world to be able to send USDC to any US bank account, whether that US bank account is a US citizen or a person who might have something as simple as a WISE account. If we zoom out since a year ago, there's been a chokehold on kind of the interoperability and seamlessness between traditional rails and crypto rails. We put a lot of time and effort into this to be able to provide a smooth end experience for you as a consumer or as a company using crypto and using traditional financial rails. It all started so simply with CryptoKitties and Maker on Ethereum, but quickly became complex with more applications and many chains. Today, everyone agrees UX issues are the biggest blocker standing in the way of crypto adoption. Introducing Avocado. Multi-chain UX redesigned from the ground up. The first wallet to abstract networks, accounts and gas. One gas tank to pay transaction fees on all chains. In USDC. And native access to Instadap's powerful, custom DeFi strategies. Avocado. One wallet to rule all chains. All right, in just a moment, we'll introduce Seb Audit. He is the co-founder of Zapper. He has a background working in product design and engineering. Seb previously worked at the Canadian crypto exchange ShakePay between 2019 and 2020 before founding what was then known as DeFi Snap and would eventually evolve into Zapper. So let's kick it off. Seb, welcome to the Edge podcast. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Funny enough, I, I used to work on the Zapper team full time with Seb and I think I was the second, third second employee. Second or third. So, yeah. And, and so... Uh, you know, the, the background is just that in 2020, I mean, all of us obviously were living through the excitement of DeFi proving itself as like the ultimate product market fit, I think, for Ethereum at the time. And there was a lot of synergy with uh, folks like myself who were a power user trying to sort of evangelize DeFi. And then many of us were using Zapper at the time to zap into uh, Uniswap LPs or SushiSwap LPs. And you have to understand that this was like a radical time. I mean, most people didn't even understand how to get into an LP. And so Zapper providing what was one of the very first opportunities or applications to track your portfolio. And then furthermore, allowing us to gain access uh, to these new DeFi opportunities in a few clicks. I mean, it was, it was an explosive time. And so I had the privilege to get to come over and work with uh, Seb and the team. And, and so anyways, uh, always good to catch up with you, Seb. And yeah, really, really interested, of course, to kind of get your vision of uh, where is Zapper now in 2023. It's evolved a lot from the original product suite that, that I just described there. And, uh, so why don't we start with a bit more about your background? Do you want to share just, you know, how it is that you got into crypto and, and maybe what led to building DeFi Snap and ultimately what is now known as Zapper? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, DeFi summer in 2020, that, those were the good old days. I have very fond memories and it's crazy to, to think how far we've come. Like there is, like when we say we're talking about on-chain right now, like the context of on-chain back then was completely different. There's very few things you can do 
um, back then and now there's just so many use cases. But anyway, to your question, um, so quick background on myself. I studied in finance, but quickly uh, got bored by it. Um, you know, a lot of red tape and just wasn't my thing. And so I decided to learn how to code uh, during my degree. And right after that, uh, fresh off of college, I got a job as a developer and kind of sprinkled, sprinkled in between me working at ShakeBay and getting into crypto, a few startups and other roles as a developer. So I was always kind of a weird designer, product manager, uh, engineer hybrid that I could never really fit into like a large corporate box. Like the natural thing for me was just making startups and creating new products. Um, and so, yeah, in 2017, that's really when I discovered crypto with uh, kind of, I'd say like the first mainstream-ish bull run. And that's where I discovered Ethereum because at that time, only, you know, Bitcoin was the only thing that existed in my mind. And the only application that exists was currency. And so learning about Ethereum really kind of just, yeah, my, I, my mind was blown. And I wasn't like particularly interested in like the political and monetary aspect of it. I'm just a builder that li likes to build new things. And Ethereum was just speaking directly to me. And I'd say like from that point, I was just thinking about crypto. Um, and so in 2019, I joined ShakePay. Um, I'd say like the, probably the biggest exchange in Canada, uh, biggest on-ramp. And uh, while I was at ShakePay, that's where I stumbled in DeFi. So those were like 2019, 2020. And I saw a lot of people talking about DeFi actually on Reddit, because uh, I was not even off crypto Twitter at that time. And I saw DeFi, I was like, what's that decentralized finance? That's, that sounds cool. And I started playing with a few DeFi protocols, like the place where like my anchor for discovery was uh, DeFi Pulse. That's how I d discovered DeFi protocols early on. There's like maybe like five like protocols there back then, maybe like 10 million in total value lock. But that's when I started playing around with stuff back when it was a toy. And yeah, as I was investing in different, you know, protocols, number one problem that, you know, arised was, where's my money? Um, how do I track my assets? And so I built a small MVP for myself that I called DeFi snaps, like a snapshot of your DeFi balances. And just solving my own problem. And I was in a bunch of different discords. I was in the synthetics discord. Let's say like kind of active, but more of a reader than a writer. Same thing in Ave. And I just shared the link one day, actually a few days, like it wasn't like one particular moment. And that's how it kind of got started. Like I was able to get an audience just from the synthetics people because you one of the first things in synthetics that was like very cross uh, composable between two apps was uh the synthetic eth and eth pool for uniswap and then you'd stake that and you'd get snx rewards so it was like oh if i just nail that one use case i'll get users that want to see like their assets in both these things and then it kind of just evolved from there new protocol new app and then uh, evolved into the portfolio tracker that Zapper is today. Uh, obviously, there's a lot in between that. Uh, I jumped quite a bit, but that's kind of the TLDR pre-Zapper era. I mean, you called out the the original problem for all of us was we just had no idea where our money was other than 
a lot of janky front ends to like new DeFi applications. And I remember like one thing was just that you had to keep open like a hundred tabs. And I knew people who were using spreadsheets to try to like keep track of it. And so that ability just to track it all in one place, not to mention too what I think one of the early features that just really blew everyone's minds was uh, it almost became like an airdrop tracker or uh, a rewards tracker because a lot of people being early were earning rewards to like new and interesting protocols, but you had to just go on Twitter or like be in different discords talking with other users. And so this this along with stuff like DeFi Pulse early on, and I think what eventually became like a DeFi Llama, like like you don't realize like nowadays all of the resources that we have versus then. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I guess like that actually leads probably more into uh, uh, the next question about what is the elevator pitch nowadays? When, when you talk about Zapper, you know, with just users, let's say not with like investors, but how do you frame up Zapper? Um, and then I want to kind of dig into, of course, like where that evolution comes from, because the markets have changed, the DeFi landscape has changed, the NFT landscape has changed. But anyways, if we could start with like, how do you frame up what is Zapper today? Well, the really simplest version is Zapper allows you to read the blockchain. Um, that said, um, that's not like the perfect way to position it in terms of what problem it solves. Um, the number one for us, as we pointed, was being able to track your own DeFi portfolio. So we allowed you to read the DeFi part of the blockchain in an easier way, and we expanded to NFT. So I, I'd say like the number one use case is really be able to read your own performance, how your assets are doing, you know, more, um, and also another thing is seeing other accounts, like how they're performing and getting insight from that. One aspect that I, I saw um, kind of drive a lot of our direction that I'll, I can talk about but more later is um, people love to look at what whales are doing or what other accounts are doing to drive insight into what moves they should make next. And that is a truth that applies not only to DeFi, but NFTs as well and a bunch of other topics, you know if they should bridge to a new network. Like we're very social and we leverage the transparent aspect of a blockchain to drive a lot of learning and insight into new discoveries. And so that has been something that has been leading a lot of of our efforts into making the blockchain more more readable. So it's like kind of this feedback loop of, you know, you, you track your own performance, you look at other accounts, what they're doing, you gain new insights into what to invest, uh, and then it goes back to your account. You see how you're doing. You see your performance, and then you look at new opportunities. And there's kind of this tight uh, feedback loop there. So before we get into more questions, I have to get in quickly on just the reminiscing about DeFi summer. I I would like I would love to see like who was checking Zapper the most in that time because I know myself. I it could have been like a hundred times a day at, at certain points of DeFi summer. It was like ridiculous how how much i was just logging in and you know checking balances and figuring out where things were at um and it's funny you you mentioned you worked at shake pay um good thing you didn't work at quadriga i actually applied to quadriga i can't remember when it was but i think it was like oh man i think it was like 2018 or 2019 but so glad i didn't get that job like 
Yeah. Wild times. Um, so another thing you mentioned kind of in that elevator pitch was just how Zapper has evolved from your original vision. What's changed in like, how, how has Zapper changed and what's changed in DeFi and Web3 over the last few years? A big thing that I realized as I was building Zapper, um, initially like the anchor is like, this is a portfolio tracker, right? Uh, you track your portfolio and the, uh, similar pro- web to product. Like the analogy would be like a, a mint, uh, it's not the name of the product, like mint where you can pull all your assets into one place. I forgot the name. I think it's mint. Yeah. I, I remember that now. I actually used to use that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that was the analogy, but you know, the foundation is completely different. One is you're plugging into centralized and closed off APIs. And the other one is like on this transparent public ledger that anyone can look at. And so the portfolio building or portfolio portfolio tracker felt like an anti-pattern in the sense that it's more like an account profile because you can look at other accounts too. It's not just a portfolio tracker. And when, like when that flipped, it helped me see a much clearer path to what Zapper becomes in the future versus just a portfolio tracker. Um, one of the top features at the beginning, and this shows how primitive like Zapper was at the beginning is we built a search account feature to view other like accounts and see their portfolio because people were impersonating those accounts as their own. And that shows how we were just, we were kind of like tunnel vision on the portfolio tracker mint web two product. Um, and not think about this new foundation. And because people were impersonating, we'll say, well, not, why not like add a search bar so you can search other assets and and then when you think about it from a user profiles you're like okay so now we're surfacing the identity and then you know there's a DeFi part of their identity there's the nft part there's the DAOs, there's their activity that informs a lot a lot of who they are so it makes that a lot more natural in terms of progression um the second thing is like our, our expertise at Zyberify, like our technical expertise, if I can summarize it, um, is we interpret the blockchain. You have raw, like not pretty data. And we take that, we transform it, and then we put it into a human readable format. Um, and it happened that DeFi was our initial use case for that. It's data that's spread across a bunch of different smart contracts. We pull it together and we put it into a nice, a nice shape to consume. And there's no concept of DeFi on chain. There's no, like there's, it's not written DeFi on a smart contract. They're all tokens. Um, and NFT is a token, there's NFT Fi. And so there's, there's not, these boxes don't exist on chain. And so it felt more like we were forcing ourselves artificially through a specific kind of box than building it bottom up from our expertise in, in terms of interpretation. And then there's a bunch of stuff as we kind of were moving forward is now we're seeing a lot of NFT five protocols and you kind of need to index NFTs to do that. You need to surface NFTs. We will have good support for that. And so even if you're just focusing on build, building a portfolio tracker, you're kind of building a block explorer because you need to index events, you need to index NFTs, you need to surface the blockchain in a bunch of different ways. Um, 
And so we decided to just fully embrace that vision, um, you know, earlier rather than later. Seb, in 2020, I think we would define that year by the rise of DeFi. And then 2021 was more of the rise of NFTs. And so despite like my love of DeFi, I, I have continually recognized that NFTs remain this very like dummy proof, easy way of creating interest uh, for new users in Web3 or, or crypto. And since then, of course, we, we've seen a, a real downturn in the markets. I mean, we, we've lived through like a sort of a, a familiar crypto bear market, you know, seeing like prices drop and activity drop and things like uh, if you look at OpenSea as uh, an, an indicator of the economic activity in the space, like OpenSea's trading volume has dropped a lot since then. I think it's like something like 90 something percent, depending on where you measure the top to bottom here. And so I mean to paint all that context because that, uh, that use of NFTs was very social and web three became very social. And I think there remains like this, this huge opportunity for web three to create this engagement, this like new sort of, uh, generation of social activity that happens on chain. I'm just wondering, like, how do you think about that? Cause I feel like you and the team like leaned really heavily into this. And then again, like per usual, we're living through like some sort of crypto bear market. And, uh, the question is, is where do you see the puck going, you know, in the coming years here? Like, will that super social aspect around NFTs return? Uh, you know, what does that look like? Does, does Zapper look like almost like a web three Facebook in the future? Not to connect to Facebook, but you get the point, like a, almost like a web three social network, uh, type of tool. I think the web three Facebook is a pretty good analogy in term, terms of how Zapper can look like in the future in terms of, uh, accounts and identities seeing, you know, what their Nephi protocols are in, what DAOs that they have, NFTs, their achievements, badges and stuff like that. In terms of social, I think, um, I don't know, maybe I think of social in the context of Web3 a bit differently than uh, others. To me, DeFi isn't any less social than NFTs, just a different flavor of it. To me, like the yield farming craze in early DeFi days were as much of a social experience uh, as NFTs were, perhaps perhaps like a, a different flavor of it. Um, like one way I think about um, social is blockchains to me are social networks. Um, that's what they are. They're about people doing things. Um, and that's if someone is looking at the chain, it's just people doing random things, whether that's buying NFT, participating in a DeFi protocol. And what I like to think about, like the analogy that I, I've seen a few times is like blockchains are like cities. Um, they're this new type of kind of digital world that's permanent. Uh, and it's a very different from what we're used to in the context of like our current digital lives, like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube are more into the echo chamber, super generative, very personalized. Um, and so this is a completely different way of interacting online, like, um, that I, that I see coming. 
And kind of going along those lines of, you know, if the blockchain is a city, what is that city like right now? And to me, the city right now is just very hard to see properly. Like some people have really good goggles. They're able to see the fabric of the city. They see the buildings, the restaurants, the museum, the art galleries. Um, most of the people coming in see absolutely nothing. They'll see numbers. They'll see just complicated technology that they can't relate or understand. Um, and to really be able to fully embrace the kind of superpowers that blockchain has, people need to be able to see it. Like we need to be able to surface what it is properly. Like say it's the transparent, like we like to say blockchains are transparent, but in reality, not a lot of people actually uh, experience that through their, through their uh, experiences of the blockchain. You know, when you use Uniswap, you're kind of in a silo. You're not in the context of, oh, there's a bunch of people doing swaps right now. I'm like going downtown and doing stuff. Same thing on OpenSea. You kind of get that feel on Twitter, but that's like on a, you know, a product that wasn't purpose built for blockchain activity. Um, and so it's like how, if we make the blockchain readable for everyone, we kind of put forward or put on an emphasis on its unique uh, qualities like transparency, permanence, uh, um, and all these different things. And to me, there's a big social aspect of that. Cause if it's like this vibrant downtown, then you see people, you see what they're doing, whether they're pseudonymous, anonymous or whatever. Um, you're, you're, get, you're, you're able to get a, a new level of insight, um, that you would never have with the current landscape of, of the web where it's your experience of crypto Twitter might be completely different. I have no way to verify how different your experience is. Uh, you might be fed opinions that are completely different or opportunities that are just twisted through the engagement, uh, grinder algorithm. Um, and so ha having this foundation, um, to me is really important. Um, and, and that's where I kind of see Zapper in the future is like, if we make the blockchain readable to everyone, we're kind of showing that it's a city that people go to and do things. And then at, on top of that, people can build these meaningful social connections, but making it, make it, making the blockchain readable is what precedes any type of social product in web three. Um, and that's where I see kind of a few, like a few issues or, or problems with the current social products is they're kind of, you know, building a Twitter version, a, a web three Twitter. Um, and I don't know, to me, it feels a bit too much like we're just, you know, borrowing concepts from web two and applying it to a foundation that is just completely different. Yeah. I, I really like that analogy you walk through with, with the cities and, and I hear it all the time too. Just everyone saying, oh, well, everything's there. All the information's there. It's so transparent, but it's really not unless you're like a high level expert user of blockchain. So, you know, what I see tools like Zapper doing is just taking all that data and putting in packaging it, packaging it into something that people can actually read. And, you know, again, it's like you talk about the next onboarding, the next many users to crypto, like this is the type of tooling that's required. Um, yeah, we, we can't, we can't just all be experts of reading Etherscan. Like, there's no way my dad is going to be going through Etherscan ever in his life. Um, so yeah, I totally agree there. If Ethereum is a social network and it's not really readable, like I like to think about, you know, 
how Facebook's growth would have been stunted if it was just only readable by technical people. Like Facebook would have stopped it, its growth at one point, like where the wall, you can only look at the wall if you're super technical and understand what's, what's happening there. And so like to kind of enable this new level of growth, you kind of need to make that social network uh, more, more readable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know there's always like kind of like early DeFi incumbents that I feel like some of them like to hold on to that difficulty of use just because it's like something that they know and understand they were there to first and they safeguarded a bit. But, you know, it, for the space to grow, we can't have that. Um, I want to just quickly jump into the Zapper product suite. Like what products are building for this more blockchain enabled social experience that you're talking about? Like what what are you currently building and what what is the suite right now as as it stands today so right now i'd say there's like two main products um one is everything identity related like tracking your portfolio seeing someone else's account and nfts they have like really seeing an entire like bird's eye view 360 view of what they own what they have what they did in the past that's like number one and then the second part is like one that we're currently working on um a lot not that we're not working on the other part is finding new opportunities. So seeing more like the events, what's happening on chain. That part we still haven't fully cracked. We've recently launched our activity feed where um, you can follow different accounts. And then once you follow them, it's kind of like Twitter, but every, instead of a post, it's a transaction. So once you follow different accounts, you see what they're doing on chain. Um, but we, it, to, to us, it's not like the complete vision of where it's a step in the direction but our goal with that is really how can we help people see what's happening on chain better to be able to find new opportunities or find new things to invest in find new art to collect find new DAOs. like there's a, just a bunch of different there's so much surface area um there and one part that's actually funny uh so this week we're um in the past month we're like what would you know the front page of the on-chain world look like and we were uh, viewing it through the lens of you know reddit is you know the front page of the internet um they were like what would the front page of like ethereum look like it would be like the top actions happening on ethereum and so we've been starting to work on that right now and it's actually narrow where we see we could improve like the current activity feed experience because the current activity feed experience you have to invest in it a lot for it to yield any result so We've been seeing like some issues with converting people initially. Like once we have people follow follow a certain amount of accounts, it becomes really interesting. Um, but just to get that first foot in. And so, yeah, this is like the top things happening on Ethereum. You have popular, you have hot actions, and you don't have to be connected, you don't need to follow anyone. And that acts as a way to discover, uh, discover new things. And so that's the part I'm excited to, to launch soon we've been working on it and one area in particular that i think is really interesting is there's so many random things or things we have no idea that are happening on chain that we just never saw and now it kind of shines light on it like i didn't know what an eth inscription was and i just saw it popping off uh on chain because of like our, our algorithm that we're doing and these are things that I would have never seen before. Um, so like shining light on these, like the long tail of events outside of NFT sales, mints, 
uh, DeFi transactions, you know, swaps, I think is super interesting for, for discovery. And um, so also servicing all the other use cases. Because right now we're kind of all boxed into, you know, there's NFT sales and DeFi and stuff like that. But there's a point in the past where an NFT sale was that obscure long tail event that happened on chain. And so shining light on that shows the powers of what people can do on chain. And to me, that's something that I'm, I'm super excited about. That's really interesting that you're like finding new data to, to show and to, to present to people. Like, I'd love to dive into that a bit more, but also, um, you know, you talk about being the front page of the internet, but the front page of like what's happening on chain, I think that's really cool. And I love the parallel to Reddit and also hearing some of your roots in Reddit, how you came into crypto, it's no surprise. But also thinking through, so Zapper in its current form, yes, it's social, people can follow other people, but I feel like what will pull that all together at some point is a further way to interact with these people and reach out to them. Um, is is any of that in the plans, like any sort of on-chain messaging, or does that already exist? Like maybe that's something you're already doing or working on? We we don't have it. I know there's like a bunch of uh, cool products that are tackling that. Um, I think what's really difficult is finding the use case. Like why would you message other accounts? Um, and I think that's like the hardest thing to do because, you know, you can message someone on Twitter. You can find their ENS. Or like there's a, like, I don't need to send a message to DeFi dad on chain to send him. Like, so there's a context within on-chain world for messaging that we kind of all agree it's going to be a thing in the future, but we haven't figured out exactly what it's going to look like. Um, I do have some ideas like, you know, kind of taking the Reddit analogy. Um, and one thing I see a lot is, you know, people push on-chain data on Twitter all the time. And whether that's like literal on-chain data via bot or like more informal, like, oh, I saw this thing happening under this big sale and you talk about it on Twitter. So I kind of see crypto Twitter as a weird, like a people hacking a use case on top of it to solve something it wasn't supposed to, to do. Like, so where I mean, like people use it as a way to uh, surface opportunities or surface, uh, bring discussion around opportunities. And so I was like, well, what if we build a front page of the on-chain world and we service the top actions? Maybe there's like a, a forum where people can talk about these different opportunities because obviously just the on-chain data itself is probably isn't enough for you to decide whether that meme coin is good to buy or not. Like there's there's some level of probably off-chain discussion. Uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, you see the account and then you're like, oh, that account has a nice reputation. They're a good trader. Uh, or that's a smart post. So I think there's a level there that could be interesting where it's, it could fit more into a unique use case than just sending message, like more of like the Venmo or, you know, oh, what are you doing tonight? Uh, and a regular DM type stuff. Um, but to me, it's always been about how can we anchor it to like unique use cases around crypto versus just copy pasting uh, existing web two products. I have thought so much about why would I need to message with another wallet? Like what's a crypto native use case for this where it's 
not displacing why I use email or actually I don't even use email now. Sorry to anyone who ever emails me. I never respond to emails. Uh, why we use like Telegram or Discord. Can't confirm. He does not get back to his emails. Can't I, confirm. I do not answer him. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm so paranoid at this point that there's like a phishing link in my inbox that I, I, I'm like, sorry, uh, did you just message me? I'm like trying to message him from like three different like handles to like verify whether it's real or not. Uh, but going back to this like crypto native use case with uh, messaging, so in something that's social with the blockchain, the few things I thought of Seb were, uh, I, I really do believe that people want and need to message each other about NFTs. That was one of the the first like urgent use cases. And it's one of those few use cases where you can't just rely upon being able to go to Twitter because it could be someone completely anonymous that has a one of one NFT that you want. Yeah, the peer-to-peer -peer, like NFT trading is a good one, I think. Because um, I think people are doing that right now on Twitter. And it's like not great. You're like, you go on OpenSea, like at the collection, and then you're like, you hope that they have a Twitter link there, be able to do a trade, or you just DM a bunch of people on Twitter hoping someone responds to like kind of organize something. So it does feel like there's something there. Um, that's... That, I think like that's how the big kind of messaging platforms will start. A lot start with a very focused, unique use case, and it, it eventually expand into, you know, a Web two competitor. With all this talk about like Web three social, uh, like we've been intimately involved in and using Lens. Do you see any opportunity to to take that uh, composable social graph like? I like the like not your keys, not your social graph, and use that to plug into something like Zapper because that, for me, ports over like the network effects around my social graph on Lens, and and that for me has been, if you said, why are you using certain Lens products like LensTube or Lenster or Orb is like a mobile app version of of it. Um, it's because it's so nice that I don't have to rebuild a following. And I do have actually like some decent following through just Zapper follows, but I absolutely could see, you know, transferring my, I think I have like 13, 14,000 like followers on, on lens, which I feel like would be very difficult for me to recreate, um, in other social graphs. Yep. That's definitely our plans. Like we want to leverage, um, composability across these different social, uh, social protocols. So Farcaster lens. Um, yeah, that's definitely among our plans. So I want to ask you a question that's maybe like loosely related to Zapper, but uh, curious kind of your take as to whether we're entering another bull cycle here. And the reason I'm asking is I would imagine somebody running like that's running Zapper gets a lot of insights into activity and, and just like are people checking accounts and profiles and just kind of curious if you see that ramping up uh, when we get a little bit more bullish and kind of ramping down whenever we get more bearish. Give us the edge, Seb. Give us the alpha here. What are you seeing in Zapper activity that... Am I going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? Yeah, it's a super good question. I wish I had. I was like in a somehow like better position in terms of insight, but I maybe, but I don't think so. Because usually portfolio tracking is just a lagging indicator. Like... 
like yesterday, um, Zapper uses popped off, but it was after because we were having a bull run, not before. Uh, we're kind of like very pegged, extremely pegged to on-chain activity. Like you can almost like chart our users to what's like how active or how dead the on-chain market is. Um, it's like, honestly, it's kind of scary how correlated they are. Um, and so I, I, it's such a tough question. Um, it, it feels like, and maybe it's because I have like my, um, veteran crypto kind of experiences that maybe I, I, I have difficulty seeing these new opportunities. Um, cause when there was new DeFi, there was like, it was easy to be, have like, imagine what the future looks like because it's like DeFi is super small. It's 10 million DVL. Well, it could be a billion. Like that's there. Definitely doable. It could be 10 billion. Um, same thing for NFTs. Although I wasn't like early in the NFTs, kind of the same thing happened. It was like this initial use case. So to me, like I, I like to accurate on like, what are these use cases that, um, can really have potential. And I'm seeing a lot of stuff with L2s, uh, like optimism, super chain, there's Zora around like collecting. And it's also like a mix of social, I think is interesting. So I think we're at the beginning of like these new use cases that are kind of emerging that people have been working on. Now they're getting kind of the, uh, you know, we're seeing more clarity into these new things that can shape the next bull run. Um, but I wish I had better insight. Well, hey, going back to the Zapper activity feed, uh, what are some of the ways that you're uh, using it? Is there any like favorite sorts of uh, use cases? Do you do you simply try to look for what others are doing on chain? Um, any sort of like signals that you're you're kind of searching for in the uh, the Zapper activity feed? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I have two use cases of the feed. One is following my friends, and usually it's not to get any alpha. It's just I'm just curious about what they're doing because uh, I like my friends. Um, so that's like the I guess the typical Web two type of experience where you just want to see what they're up to, and you know you see oh they collected this NFT, it's fun, or oh they participate in, in DeFi. Um, and then there's the other version that's just pure alpha, like. I have a few lists, like some with NFTs, some with DeFi, and to me, it's to help guide discovery uh, in, into these these new things. So that's been mostly my my activity so far. Um, I use way more the list feature than the actual following feed because I have more control into what type of accounts go into these feeds. You'll have to share those lists with us, Seb. And and are your friends buying Pepe and Gary Gensler coin? Uh, maybe during the meme coin craze, but probably not right now. <laughs> kind of like on the DeFi side, I'm, I'm curious, like, so I was kind of an early user of Zapper for zapping into DeFi pools. Curious why Zapper got away from that. Um, isn't there kind of like a social aspect to zap, zapping? Maybe there's not. Um, and like, might that ever return? Is that ever something you would think of bringing back? Yeah. So that was like a, a really kind of tough decision to um, stop offering zaps. Um, basically, the whole reason, like why we we stopped it, is because one, the activity was declining, like 
and it was becoming a more kind of a small percentage of our user base um, that was very degen and loved it, but it became really hard to justify the resources versus other features that 99% of our user base does. And so is, and so we tried to maintain it for like about six months a year, but it became like just too many resources. And then we're like, okay, can we figure out a way to scale it? Like scale zaps to a more mass market audience. Like how can we do that? Um, and you know, we, we, we weren't totally able to, to do it. Like we had you no know, zaps. You have to spin up a new smart contract for every new DeFi protocol or you have to update it. So it's like constant updates. Um, and there's a point where we had like hundreds of smart contracts, uh, across six or seven chains. And so monitoring and stuff like that, if there's vulnerabilities, um, it just became harder and harder to justify, um, especially considering it was a smaller percentage. And what I saw with zaps is they were like perfect for early DeFi. Like for yield firing, it was like the best thing ever because you could go into a pool easily and then stake your pool token and then earn rewards. And so Zaps were like just the perfect product for that. And as that kind of, you know, diminished in activity, uh, which wasn't normal activity, it's not people knew that, you know, we wouldn't have a yield farming craze for five years. It kind of reached its regular kind of usage, which was more of a DGEN DeFi audience. That said, I think we do have a version of Zaps come back, um, but not not exactly like in, in a in a similar way. Like I, a few areas where I'm seeing potential is one with account abstraction, and so we'd be able to offer those bundling experiences right there without deploying a smart contract or anything for people that have AA uh, wallets, which I think is a super cool use case. And, and then the second one is just allowing people to interact with smart contracts in an easier way. So you know how Etherscan, you can do any on-chain transaction you want, like you go to the smart contract page and the right tab and you do stuff. And our expertise is interpreting the blockchain. Like we take data that's on-chain and we put it in a readable way. So what, one, one thing we're thinking about is can we also surface the interaction in an easier way. Like we write this interpretation and it's just a really simple form to interact with smart contracts. Um, and then we can package um, kind of those zaps in the middle. So with my earlier example of account abstraction, now we have this UI that's really easy to use and then we can leverage all the in-between steps that you need to do because we did the uh, action interpretation in the middle we can bundle it into one one transaction. So these are things we're, we're thinking about. I think it becomes super interesting now that we'll have like this Reddit-like friend page because you can sit as a repository of all the ongoing opportunities. And so if we surface the read part like of those transactions, why not also have like a, I want to do this like right now button. And then we package an easy way for you to enter in that opportunity, whether that's uh, a DeFi action or buying a meme coin or, you know, there's so many things you can do on chain. So that's where I see some potential, you know, they won't be the same thing, but the experience from a user perspective is to solve the same problem. Like how can we make it easy for people to interact 
with the chain without having to go through 10 different hoops um, and not having any idea what you're doing. Like to me, that's the crux of the problem, but there's many different solutions that uh, are possible. Based on everything that you you shared about like this vision of how social uh, crypto is, how social web three is, uh, and to like Adam's point, I, I can absolutely see opportunity there in the future as people are, you know, following one another, seeing certain activity, giving them um, some opportunity to be able to actually act on that, um, you know, through Zapper. Uh, but this is probably a good time, Seb, for us to start to wrap up. So really just wanted to give you the floor to share uh, anything else that is exciting uh, on the roadmap for the next, let's say, six to 12 months, anything else that you'd like to highlight that we can look forward to as Zapper users? Yes, there's two things I'm really excited about. One uh, that we launched two weeks ago or last week, uh, event curation. So this is um, basically the new version of Studio. So for those that don't know, Studio is where outside contributors can invest, not invest, uh, contribute and integrate apps, protocols to Zapper um, without us doing it, like without us being kind of like the doing the coded integration and stuff like that. And so last week we launched the first half, which is event curation. So now people can go into Zapper's UI and if you see an event that hasn't been interpreted yet, um, you'll see it did something. So it's the most common, like we know someone did something, so that's basically the extent. Uh, and then there's a little edit icon that you can click. And then you basically write in sentence form what happened. And then you plug in, you have little dropdowns for tokens or accounts. And then you could be like alice.eat borrowed uh, 5,000 USDC on Aave. And what happens there is you're actually writing a coded integration in the backend for that event. So what's happening is once you do that, we re-index the chain for every occurrence of that action happening. And now for everyone else, you'll be able to see borrows on Aave. Um, and so that's our plan into how we scale making events readable. Uh, so far we've have, we have a thousand of them done. Um, I don't know exactly what's the percentage of the chain that is readable now. I think it's like 90%, um, but we're, we're getting there and we, our goal is to like crowdsource this, uh, with the community and have them, uh, you know, curate and interpret stuff. So that's the first part. So if people want to help us, uh, you know, make the chain more readable, you can start right now. You can go through events in your account timeline or the feed or a different app, uh, no, not actually app page, sorry, but from the feed or your account timeline, if there's an event that's labeled as did something, there's a little edit icon where you can help us interpret. We have a leaderboard, uh, you know, um, other things, uh, you know, planned. And then the second part, which I'm probably even more excited is the balance interpretation side of things. So we figured out a way to make without any code, have someone go into Zapper's, you know, UI, uh, say, uh, DeFi dad, you see, uh, you know, CUSDC, so compound USDC, somehow we've never, uh, integrated it. Well, now you'll see you have a balance and then you'll also have an edit icon and then you can click on it. And then you're writing the rules 
for us to be able to uh, index it and interpret it correctly for everyone. So you're actually building code without building code. Um, and that's something I'm really excited about because that's, that's actually been the toughest challenge. Um, you know, in the past year or so, we deliberately slowed down on integrations, which was a very hard decision because we kind of, you know, DBank has way more integrations in DeFi than us right now. And it's something that's like, we're not like happy necessarily about, but it was done on purpose so we can figure out a scalable way of doing it in the future. Um, that we think is like, we basically have the assumption of there's going to be millions and millions of apps on chain that no team is ever going to be able to keep track of and integrate internally. So we need to figure out a way for people to be able to do it for us uh, a super easy way. So that's why we've been spending a lot of time figuring that out. So that um, should be launched in the next quarter that I'm really, really excited about because anyone will be able to to do it in an easy way. That's that's really cool. And I think that can be super powerful. Like it sounds like you're way out in front of like essentially like user generated content, right? Like and and like that can help scale a business faster than really any amount of employees can that you have at Zapper. Curious though, like um obviously we know the power of like almost like open sourcing or crowdsourcing, but what's what's the incentive for the user to like help and contribute? Obviously the balance one makes sense to me. It's like, hey, look. I want to read my balance more clearly. It's not capturing something on some chain. I'm just going to add it in. But like, how are you incentivizing these these users to to contribute? That's a great question. And one that I sometimes feel like I'm walking on eggshells when I, I answer. But but yeah, the first part is that people want to see their balances and you know people will invest if they can improve their own experience. But there's there's a second part where you know you are improving the product in a material way for everyone. Um, and it's not something we're kind of dismissing at all. And we're thinking actively about, is it like we have a curator's guild or a exterior part of Zapper that takes care of it? How do we, how does that look like in five years, 10 years? It's still really early for us to plan for, but there's definitely something there. Um, definitely something there that we're trying to figure out how to, cause it's a win-win for everyone. It's a, and so to figure out like the pro proper incentive there, um, yeah, would be would be great for Zapper and and users as well. As a user, I absolutely see the incentive. Just as Adam pointed out, I I have so many times wanted to just you know type in this is like X Y Z L P and and uh, here's the token symbol. So. That ability to contribute, I, I do think you're going to get a lot of engagement there. Um, but yeah, really, really excited and interested in what other sorts of incentivized designs you have in mind for the future. Uh, well, I want to remind listeners, uh, they should, of course, go to zapper.xyz. Um, that's the best place to get started with Zapper and learn more about all the cool features we talked about and um, showed here during the podcast. Uh, and then uh, if you did listen to the podcast, highly recommend you go to our link tree at edge underscore pod because the video version of this will have lots of screenshots and B-roll of me sort of like working through my own Zapper accounts. Uh, I would also encourage you to follow Seb on Twitter at sebaudit26. You should follow the Zapper mothership account at zapper underscore phi. Seb, 
Anything else you want to share here before we go? We really appreciate you joining us. And I will be honest, this is not the conversation I envisioned. And that has been the best surprise. I, I, I really... Uh, I really want to emphasize Adam and I, we go back and forth a lot, like, you know, in, in DMs and uh, kind of going back and forth during interviews. And within like the first 10 minutes, we were like, whoa, this is, this is so much more than I planned to talk about today. This is great. So yeah, just really, really enjoyed getting to have this like conversation about Web3 Social, which I think we're both really, really passionate about, both very invested in. So um, yeah, but anything else you wanted to share? No, I mean, thank you very much. It's always super fun to be with you, DeFi Dad. Uh, and uh, Adam, also super nice talking and meeting. Um, yeah, no, thank you very much for having me. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you're a talented founder or developer, please consider reaching out to our team at fourthrevolution.capital. And for future episodes of the Edge podcast, please check out our link tree at edge underscore pod.